Good morning. So as we continue our worship, and those of you that are joining from different parts of the world uh, in our live stream, uh, I would like to encourage you to go, if you have an Apple, Android, uh, to the App Store, Google Play, and download uh, SCFBC Santa Clara First Baptist Church app. And when you download that, you can follow us. There's a sermon notes. You can also listen to our sermons uh, from previous week or months. We, we have the series there. So we are doing a series known as The Beginning of the Church. The Beginning of the Church. And this is our third series today. And the third series is The Ministry of the Holy Spirit. So last week, I asked our church member to read Acts chapter 3. Now, next Sunday, uh, read Acts chapter 4 for the next two weeks. Next Sunday is Mother's Day, so there will be a sermon related to Mother's Day, and then we'll pick up the series the following week. But it, read Acts chapter 4. <clears throat> are you ready to receive the Word of God? Yes? You are ready to receive the Word of God. Let us take a moment just to quiet down and ask the Spirit of the Lord to connect with you. Can we do that? Dear God, let our meditation this morning be acceptable in your sight, be inspiring. that will invoke within our soul and spirit to live our daily life as Christ would like us to. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Come and do your work. We expect your touch, your movement. And we give you glory already. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So there is one word that changed the world. One word that changed the world. And that word is church. That word is church. When Jesus said, I will build my church, church, that changed the world, that turned the world upside down. The world as we know today was because of that one word. Church is the one word that changed the world. It's so powerful. It's so dynamic. It's explosive. It's radical. It's ridiculous. Because it is based on the absolute love of God. That God absolutely loves you. That He loves you and I. And the action of that love just changed the whole world. And this was new. For you, you have heard the word church since you knew how to read or understand a word, and it didn't have a great meaning or a revelation of that word. But when Christ spoke, I will build my church that changed the world. That changed the world. Now, what does it hinge on? Because a word doesn't just function if there is no action. And the church, the work of the church, the ministry of the church, hinge on the Holy Spirit. So we want to talk about the Holy Spirit, how He changed the world through the Word of God. And that Word, I will build my church. 
So today, we're going to look at why is the Holy Spirit indispensable in our life and the life of the church. Let me say this. Without the Holy Spirit, you can do nothing to please God. Did someone miss that? Do I need to repeat again? All right. Without the Holy Spirit, there is nothing you can do that can please God. Absolutely, you can do nothing to please God without the Holy Spirit. He is this indispensable. So we're going to look at why the Holy Spirit is indispensable in Acts chapter 3. Apart from the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing to please God. So you, we're going to ask this together. Why does the ministry of the church hinge on the Holy Spirit? There are three things here. We will follow three things. Uh, three steps that I will take you. One is that the Holy Spirit operates in the name of Jesus. And the second step is that the Holy, the Holy Spirit draws people to whom? In the name of Jesus, to Jesus Christ. And the third one will be the Holy Spirit teaches about Jesus. There is nothing that He does without Christ. So in Acts chapter 3, this is how the word started. This is how it read. It read that, so um, Peter and John went up together to the temple. Right? To the temple. And at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. So I want us to stop there. Because we can quickly just read and pass through. Okay, well, there, there, there is a reason why this word is here. One, we know that Peter and John are going where? To the temple. Why are they doing that? They are continuing what they have learned from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because our Lord Jesus Christ would often go to synagogue and do the temple to do what? To pray, to praise the Lord. This is a continuation of their faithfulness and commitment to what the Lord Jesus Christ has taught them. And the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. Now, there are, the ninth hour means 3 p.m. In, in our time, it's 3 p.m. Why does he take the word nine hour and prayer? Because the nine hour, 3 p.m. is the time for evening sacrifice. Now, there, are, there is a morning sacrifice and there is evening sacrifice. What is that for? It's for the atonement of the sins. So people go to evening sacrifice for the sins that they have committed during the morning and afternoon. Right? And the morning sacrifice atones the sin that you commit during the night. Why the ninth hour? Why didn't they go in the sixth hour? Right? Which would be like the 12 p.m. They went to the ninth hour because it reminds us of whom? Our Lord Jesus Christ died at the ninth hour. He sacrificed His life for us because He absolutely loved us that He gave His life to Christ and Peter and John is going at the ninth hour because they were captivated and captured by the compassionate love of Christ and it has changed and transformed them and they are going not only to worship God but they have something else in their mind. They have something else in their mind. That's how it started there. The ministry of the Holy Spirit 
is that it adds values to people's life. Okay? It is adding value to people's life. When the Holy Spirit comes, it always adds value to the life of people. And we're going to see this. That's the reason why the church spread locally and universally. That's what the Holy Spirit is indispensable. The ninth hour, hour of prayer. Now, when they went there, what is happening here is, uh, here, a certain lame man from mother's womb, from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily. Okay. So there is, a, there is a guy here who has been born lame. And the mother and the parents take him daily to lay him down by the road so people that come to the temple can see him. Why? The parents are laying him down so that it will arouse and invoke the compassion of the people that comes by there daily. It's a reminder daily that this guy needs compassion. He is relying on the compassion of people. And hundreds and thousands of people are going by that road daily and passing by that man who needs love and compassion. There's a reason why Luke, the the gospel writer, put this down. And to do what? At the gate of the beautiful, to ask alms. Now, in Greek, uh, in Hebrew, alms is uh, zedaka. It's a little different from the Greek word charista, which is charity. Okay? Now, according to Jewish belief, you give alms to everybody, which is money. Okay? Which is money. But here, alms is translated as mercy. This guy is looking for mercy more than the silver and gold. He does need the gold and the silver. So, there is a form that is higher than money. There is a form that is higher than donation. And what is that? It's called loving kindness. Loving kindness is higher than giving money. Because you can give money to the poor. You can even give money to the dead for his funeral, for her funeral. But you can't show loving, loving kindness to the dead. Okay? You show loving kindness to those who are alive. Here, Peter and John is going to the temple to add value to this lame guy, to the least, to the weak and the poor. And they're not going to do it by giving money. Because you will see... Here, Let me stay here first, before I go on to the loving kindness part. Now, why does the church grow? In the early church. Why did it spread locally and universally? I'm going to talk about the movement of the church in the next three weeks. So I wouldn't talk about Iglesia today in whole. But why did the church spread? Why did it move quickly? It's because the people understood what was happening at that time. Now even for Santa Clara First Baptist Church, if we have to spread the good news, we have to understand What is Santa Clara? Santa Clara is the most diverse city in the world. It is the most diverse city in the world. 
40% of the population that comes here do not, were not born here. They came from different places. Okay. So I'm painting that picture. Now for the early disciples, these untrained, uneducated people, they saw Rome. And Rome was a great city, great empire. But what was happening there in Rome is that Rome does not regard women highly. One. Okay? Women were second citizens. See, Plato wrote in the Utopia what he would look like. It would be, oh, it would be great if women were part of the local civil society. They can vote and they can, lead, uh, they can go to universities and learn and be educated in his Utopia, you see. It was just his Utopia in his writing. But his student, Aristotle, was saying that women should keep silent and be secluded and stay home. Right? This great thinker, Aristotle. And, uh, and then Blutart was saying women should also be secluded and be silent and stay home silently. Although he kind of supported the education of the women and later on be a part of the civil government. But you know that the thinkers and the rulers and, and the leaders of that time were not supportive of women. They, the society and the seat and the empire was highly favored toward men. Clear on that, right? Because this is important for us to know why the local church spread and how the Holy Spirit used it. Second is children. Right? In girl, baby girl, infanticide and abortion was so high. They would kill baby girl because male boys were wanted and favored. So many baby girls were just killed. And why abortion? Because slaves were not regarded as people, the masters abused their slave, you know, many women in prostitution, and these unwanted pregnancies, what do they do? They abort them. Actually, they expose the baby girls and babies just like that to die. So women and children were not regarded. They were not favored. Slaves were even worse. At that time, what did the Christian do? They came and lifted up the women. They gave value to women. They came and added value to a baby girl. And they told them that if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must become like these children. And then they added value to the prostitutes. And you can go back to Christ when he was talking to the religious leaders and said, well, if you're different from her, you may pick up the stone and, and stone him. Well, nobody did because they were all similar. Those guys were no better than that prostitute. And the disciples did this. Added value. And here, the first ministry of the Holy Spirit recorded was to add value to a lame beggar. Isn't that amazing? I mean, the Holy Spirit could have gone to the, to the palace, could have gone to the commander of Rome. He could have gone to rich people's house. He went to the street where a lame beggar has been laid daily, seeking, asking for compassion, for loving kindness. 
and he changed the world upside down. The mighty Roman Empire was changed because of this untrained, educate, uneducated people that added value to people's life. It's amazing. It's amazing stuff. Now, here, it says here, uh, on, and Peter, and he said, see, silver and gold have I none. I do not have these things. Because he's talking to the beggar and said, look at us. Look at us. And he intently looked at them and said, look at us. What is Peter saying to this lame guy? He said, don't look at your bowl. Don't look at your misery. Don't look at your failure. Don't look at your mistakes. Don't look at your inability. In fact, to this guy, don't look at your disability. I want you to look at God's ability. See, look at what he has done for me. I was a coward. I was a betrayal. I betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ thrice. I'm just a fisherman. I'm untrained. I'm uneducated. But look at me. Look at us. What the Lord has done for us. I want you to look at us. And then he showed loving kindness because he didn't give money. He didn't give gold and silver. What did loving kindness mean? Loving kindness involved our physical body. So what did he do? He reached down on him, picked up, took his hand and picked him up. Right? Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but I do have. I give you. What does he have? The Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. That is loving kindness. That is loving kindness. That is more than charity. That is more than zataka. That is more than karista. And because of this, they turned the world upside down. Because when you go to Acts chapter 16, when uh, Paul was there. What did the people, the Jewish people there? Because they saw the explosion of the gospel and the spread of the church. What did they say? These are the people, the, these are the people that have turned the world upside down and they have come here. The name for Christians was, these are the one that has turned the world upside down. How did they do that? By adding value to people's life. Yes? And God's asking us to do that this morning. See, that's the message of the Holy Spirit. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So now, so the Holy Spirit operates in the name of Jesus. We see that Peter said, in the name of Jesus, be lifted up. And what did they do? Oh, that lame man, he stood up, he was leaping and walking and what? Praising. Who? Jesus. Yes. The Holy Spirit Praise Jesus. And that's what he was doing there. So it operates in the name of Jesus. So why, why would he operate in the name of Jesus? Why does he do that? Because he wants to draw people to whom? To Jesus. Okay? So what happens is, when he walks into the temple now, walking and leaping and praising who? The Lord Jesus Christ. What happened? What happened? All people started running people started running 
toward whom? They ran together to the porch. When people understand why you believe, not what you believe, okay? What you believe is, oh, I know about God, I know about Jesus. No, 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 not that one. When people understand why you believe, then that is attractive. That will make people run to Jesus, not because they have to, because they want to. It is on why you believe, not what you believe. People don't buy what you believe. They buy why you believe. If you're a businessman here, your clients are going to buy your product because of why you believe. Not just because you made a product. I mean, Dell made a phone. See, nobody bought Dell phone. Anyone has a Dell phone this morning? No? Yeah, but you have Android phone. You have Samsung phone. You have Apple phone. Why? Because they make you believe that their phone can change your life. It is on, and you want to do business with people that believe what you believe. It's the same thing with church. They're running. We're not calling. We're not calling them. They're running to them. And I was talking to our worship pastor the other day and the staff. And it's some, this is a beautiful picture from a picture from Zechariah in chapter 8. Now you can go home and read the last two verses. And it says, in those days, ten men are going to come to the sleeve and hold on to the sleeve of the Jewish man and say, take us to the temple because we heard God is with you. They're holding on to the sleeve and say, take us with you. Why? Because God is in your midst. We heard that God is with you. God is with the disciples and people are running to Solomon's porch because they want to see what's going on. It's the Holy Spirit that draws people to church. It's not our program. It's not our method. It's not our strategy. It's the Holy Spirit. Without Him, we can do nothing. Yes, I heard that glory to you. Amen. Right? And so, God's been doing marvelous work at our church. Right? The other Sunday, I'm in my office, and as I was with some of the board members and trying to get ready for baptism, the, the Spirit is nudging me to share the gospel to this young boy. So I took out the Bible in this busy time. Uh, the worship band has just left after the prayer. Uh, and I took out the Bible, and I shared the gospel, and I shared about Jesus and His love for this young boy. And I said, what do you think about Jesus? You know, do you want to make Him your guide, your Savior, your leader? You want to follow Him? And he said, yeah, I want to do that. Right? He just gave his life to Christ. I was standing there at the door, and a lady came to me and said, hey, Pastor, I want to tell you something. I was kind of anxious during the week. But I prayed to the Holy Spirit. You know what? He gave me peace and I was not anxious at all the whole week. It's amazing. And there was another lady waiting on, Pastor, I needed to talk to you. Right? And so after that, I went there and she said, Pastor, I want to join this church. 
Right? I want to join this church. And then another lady called me. Pastor, I was so anxious because of medical condition. And I was going through the hospital. I didn't want to go through like CD scan. And I was scared and I was crying. But I prayed to the Holy Spirit for the first time to help me. And I prayed. And as I go through that, there was this overwhelming sense of His presence. And all my fear went away. When you start talking about these things, that's why you believe. And God starts working in your life. And people are going to say, hmm, they're going to stop and ask questions. Ran together to them in the porch, which is called the Solomons. Christ taught at Solomon's porch. Now, the Solomon's porch is at the gate of the east. It's the golden gate today. It's where the beautiful gate is. It's the only time it's mentioned in Acts. There is no other time where the beautiful gate is mentioned. But it's at the gate at the east. It's the golden gate. Those of you that take notes and read a lot of the scripture, when you go home, I want you to read uh, Ezekiel chapter 10. Ezekiel chapter 11, I want you to read Ezekiel uh, 43, 44, and 46, and Zechariah chapter 14, right? It talks about the eastern gate. In Ezekiel, it says there is one prince that will shut the eastern gate, and nobody can come in. And there is one prince that can open. Now, in Ezekiel 46, you know that the prince, this prince comes and opens the eastern gate. And when he opens, people can enter through it. In Zechariah 14, uh, the prophet prophesied that there is going to be a prince that will come and open the eastern gate. In John chapter 10, when you go, Christ taught as the Solomon's porch outside the sanctuary. He was talking to all kinds of people. All people were welcome to come to that Solomon's porch. And the disciples continued to meet at Solomon's porch. Where did they go to church? They went to Solomon's porch. They were talking about Christ at Solomon's porch. Now, at Solomon's porch, what happens? It's where they celebrate the Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah? It's the festival of light. It's the, it's the celebration of the temple, rededication of, the, of their personal life. What is light? Christ is the light. He is the light of the world, and He's there at the Solomon's porch. And the Solomon's porch, which the second temple was built... That was the only true foundation that Solomon had built. And the second temple was built upon that Solomon's port. Who is our cornerstone? Who is our sure foundation? It is Christ. The son of David. The line from the throne of David. And he stands in Solomon's porch. And he's going to open the door. And if you knock, if you hear him knock, he will enter and eat and sup with you and add value to your life. People were greatly amazed. Not because of the miracle or anything. It's because God loves the least. God loves the lost. And he added value even to a lame beggar. Oh, I love this God. I mean, what's not to love about him? Come on. Right? Yes? So, what kind of God are you talking to people? Right? A loving God that adds values to your life. That adds value. Oh, I've, 
I can show you the Solomon's porch there. Uh, on the east, before that corner there, is Solomon's porch there. So the Holy Spirit operates in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit draws people to Jesus to do what? So that we can teach them about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit teaches Jesus. So when people came, Peter is like, hmm, Lots of people are here. Let's go away. <laughs> he didn't do that. <laughs> Let's run away. There are so many people. They might, they might know that we're a follower of Jesus Christ. No, he didn't do that. He said, repent. This Christ that you have rejected. The promises that Abraham, your God, Abraham, your God, Jacob, your God, uh, Isaac, that talked about the promises, he, this is the one. He knew his context. He was speaking to the Jewish people. Right? And he said, Moses told, Moses told you, Deuteronomy chapter 12, Moses told you that there is going to be a prophet that will come, greater than I, that will speak from our people, from among us. He was talking about Christ. And he said, your father Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Genesis chapter 12. When you have time, read that. That's the promise. And this is the prophet that started from Samuel because Samuel is the official prophet from the line of the office of prophet starts with Samuel. And so Peter, the uneducated, untrained one, quoted Moses, quoted the, uh, the Genesis 12, the promises of God to Abraham. He talked about Samuel. What? And say, repent, Christ has come for you, that the refreshing time may come, and he may send to you again the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Christ is going to come again. You had rejected him, but you did out of ignorance. But now I want you to accept him, because God may send to you the Lord Jesus Christ, whom you rejected. This is known as the, the Missio Dei. The mission of God, right? The continuing sending of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and He may send Jesus Christ who preached to you before. Church, Santa Clara First Baptist Church. If we praise Jesus, if we preach Jesus, and people will know Jesus. So this morning, we have the table of the Lord. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and the board to get ready. We have the table of the Lord. And this table adds values to our life. I'm encouraging you to add value to other people's life. Add value to the lost. Add value to the least. We have one of our members that's going to go to Uganda. You know? And she's going to go alone. No one is supporting her. And when I talked to her, and when I had talked to her in the past too, I said, why would you go to a foreign country and to people? You know, why would they do that? Why would people do that? I mean, some people are just different, I'm telling you. Some people are just different. And those people are led by the Holy Spirit. Right? Led by the Holy Spirit. 
And she's going to go alone. She doesn't know what it will take. But she's going to go with Jesus. I said, why, why are you doing that? Because I love the kids faster. I love the people. When you are driven by love, when you are driven by compassion, and it is shown by your loving kindness act, that can change the world. And who is doing that? It's the church. It is the church. And I had uh, one, uh, another member of our church that came and, uh, and gave uh, $600 to, to my wife and said, uh, feed the poor, take care of the orphan. Why, why does she do that? Because they are driven by love and compassion. Don't you want to be a part of those organizations? Yes? Yeah, it's right here. It is right here. The Lord is doing amazing things at our church. He is bringing so many mission workers. And you say, why do we hear mission every Sunday? Because I think God knows that we are able. He can trust you. He can trust you that you will step up to the plate. And He can rely on you to partner with you. That's why you hear all these mission stories that are coming through our church. You're going to hear another one next Sunday. One of the fastest growing church in India. And reaching to the hardest more than 1.2, uh, 1.4 billion people. He's going to be here and talking about what God is doing. Why? Because God knows our heart. He's changing our church. You know why? Because you're adding value to people's lives. Because you absolutely live this. This is loving kindness. This is compassion. And this morning, if some of you are struggling, let the Holy Spirit touch you. We're going to pray for you. We'll be here. Pastor Jonathan will be here. Karen and Gary will be at the back. I pray that the Spirit of God will prepare you to receive the Holy Spirit.